Well, tonight I'd like to ask you please to take your Bible and open to the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings and chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19. This morning, as you know, as at least I hope you know, we spoke on the subject, the altar of God and how we need to get in there close to God every day, really. Tonight is sort of the, the finish of that thought from this morning. Tonight, we want to talk about the still small voice of God. And so those of you who know your Bibles know the story here in first Kings chapter number 19. <clears throat> I'd like you to follow along as I read a couple verses starting in verse number nine. And of course, it's the story of Elijah. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire, a still small voice. Most, maybe all of you are familiar with this passage of scripture. And we're going to talk tonight about the still small voice of God. Now a voice, when we talk about a voice, technically a voice refers to a sound made by a human mouth. That's what a voice is. Normally it refers to words or speech, but it can refer to any sound that a human makes. Sometimes beautiful singers, they'll, they'll sing and, and la, 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 la along, not saying a word, but people admire their voice. You see, even a sound, the word voice comes from the Latin word vox, V-O-X on the old pump organs that they used to use in church. They'd pump them with their feet or sometimes a little boy would be off to one side, pumping away the air to get it through the uh, pump organ and the uh, organist would be playing away there. And they'd have these things called stops and they'd pull out a stop and they'd get a certain sound. They'd pull out another stop. And one of the stops they'd pull out was called Vox Humana or Humana Vox Humana. And it means sort of the sound of a human voice. And when you pull out that stop, it was meant to give sort of kind of an angelic sort of sound and a voice. And by the way, when uh, the, the expression, pull out all the stops, pull out all the stops, that means to give it all you got, pull it all out, get the most volume out of that old squeeze box that you possibly can. Well, where did humans get their voice ability? It wasn't from the monkeys. I can guarantee you that 
They got it from God, the creator. You and I have been made in the likeness and image of God. That being the case, it should not surprise us that God himself, the creator has a voice. Make sense. So tonight I'd like to speak about God's still small voice and hearing it. Let's begin with prayer. Our heavenly father, we are so thankful that you're a God who hears prayer. You're a God who hears and answers prayer. Please father, hear our prayer tonight. Our prayer is to draw closer to you, Lord. Our prayer is to be more what you'd have us to be. Our prayer is that you would be glorified in our hearts and lives every day of this year, 2021. Maybe Jesus will come back for us the end of this month or the end of this evening or the end of this year. We don't know, but it's not up to us to know. Father, it's up to us to listen and follow you fully. Father, I pray that you would bless your people tonight with a great heart and desire to want to hear your voice every day. That's the way it ought to be. Help us, Lord, tonight in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, I suppose the first question we ought to answer is, does God still speak to his people today? And is God speaking to me personally? Well, if you don't mind a little bit more humor, there's a humorous story about a pastor who was giving a a sermon one Sunday. And he heard these, he could hear these two teenage girls sitting in the back and they were talking and giggling away and they weren't paying any attention at all. They were disturbing some people around them. Well, the pastor interrupted his sermon and he announced rather sternly. He said, there are two of you here tonight. No, it wasn't tonight. It was, it was in during the day. It was in the morning. There are two of you here. He said who have not heard a word I've said. Well, that, that put an end to things that quietened things down quite a bit. After the church service was over, the pastor was at the door greeting hands and saying hello to people. And three adults came up to him. Each one saying, I'm sorry, pastor. I fell asleep in church and I promise you it'll never happen again. Well, is, is God really speaking to us personally? See, that's what we're saying here. Many people want to know if God speaks to us directly, you see, and what they have in mind, some of these people, because they want God to speak to them directly. And what they have in mind is they want to reject the studying of God's written word because that takes too much time and effort and they just want to cut right to the chase. They want to hear God. They want to know exactly, you see, they don't want to spend the time studying what God has written. Now I suggest to you that people who have this frame of mind, people who do this sort of thing, who reject the study of God's word and are, are just very wanting to hear from God personally, directly from heaven, 
I suggest to you that they can be easily led astray by the devil's lies. There are a lot of people who go to churches and they never study their Bible. You know, you attend our church for any length of time and you'll hear me encourage you over and over. Read your Bible and pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. We've got those little Bible reading guides that we hand out and oh, listen, even though we can't be here in person, I sure hope with all my heart, you're reading your Bible every day. You can get those Bible reading guides off the internet. If you can't call us, we'll mail them to you, but we want you to read your Bible. There are uh, Christian cults who will come right out and tell you, don't read the Bible. Oh no, you can't do that. You'll, you'll get all messed up. You need us to tell you what the Bible means. You need our Bible studies to keep you on the straight and narrow. No, you don't. You just need to read your Bible. Just trust God. The Holy spirit will lead you and guide you. The more of God's word that you consume, the more God's going to lead you and talk with your heart. So it's very important that we understand that it's important for us to feed upon the word. Listen, God expects us all to study that is in the Bible. When I was a boy, sometimes I'd go to my mother and I'd ask her what a certain word would mean. And she would say, well, that's a good question. Let's find out. And then she'd reach up on top of the refrigerator and pull down this dictionary. And I would just say, Oh, because I didn't want to spend the time. I was in too much of a hurry. I wanted an instant answer right away. Tell me. And she would pull down the dictionary and, you know, thumb through the pages. Oh, here's the word here. And she'd read it out and explain it to me what it meant. And I'd have to sit there and yes, thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. But my mom was smart. She was very smart because doing that taught me to research things. That's what it taught me but I have vivid memories of her pulling down that dictionary and saying, well, let's find out what it means <laughs> and vivid memories of the feeling of, no, I want an instant answer now. <laughs> well, people who always want instant answers tend not to study. It's very popular these days on the internet just, you know, they give you five reasons for this or 10 quick answers for that. And that's the kind of society we live in. We want instant right away, fast, faster. No, no, even faster. That's the kind of people we've become. And there's a tendency not to study. And that's a mistake because if we want to hear the still small voice of God, we need to study. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we don't study properly, we won't be able to rightly divide the word of truth. Oh, listen, I could preach a whole sermon on that. Maybe I will one day very soon. But if we want to hear the still small voice of God, we must begin 
by seeking in the Bible. Because Hebrews chapter one, verse two tells us that God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. And so it's very important. God really does speak softly to our hearts. He honestly really does, but we'll, we'll never hear it unless we study his word and something about the still small voice of God. He will never ever contradict what he says in the Bible. Someone write amen to that. It's very, very important that we become good students of God's word. If we want to be like Jesus, we have to study the Bible. If we want to be less like the world and more like the, the saints in heaven, we need to study the Bible. You know, when a Christian comes to their deathbed, they may have a few regrets. They may regret not having spent more time with family. They may regret having spent too much time in the world, in business and trying to make money. They may regret not having spent enough time reading the Bible and praying. You spend time reading the Bible and praying. You do it. You invest heavily in this year, 2021. You invest heavily in reading the Bible and praying. You will never regret it. I mean, maybe, and God willing, you won't have a deathbed experience, right? You won't be looking for the undertaker. It's the upper taker. Jesus will come and whoosh, take us all home. Amen. I like the sound of that. You may never have an undertaker, but remember you do have the upper taker. You will never, ever regret time spent in your Bible and on your knees. Never, ever, ever. It's an investment that always pays handsome dividends. Now, folks, tonight we're talking here about the still small voice of God and hearing it. And it's tied inseparably with the word of God. If you're wanting to hear that soft, silent voice of God to your heart, that unmistakable voice of God, you can hear it but you'll only hear it in the Bible. God will use his word. Now, the life of Elijah is recorded for us in 1 Kings chapter 17 and uh, to, right through to 2 Kings chapter 2. And so there's a few chapters there. We're in chapter 19 here. Now, the context of chapter 19 has to do here with after uh, Elijah's fantastic um, uh, uh, victory. And then Jezebel, that evil queen threatened to kill him. In fact, she said she was going to kill him and he got all discouraged and he took off. You know, sometimes we wonder how in the world could Elijah of all people get discouraged? He was that man of God that was just bulletproof. He stood right up face to face with King Ahab and just told him the truth. And here one lady writes him one nasty email. And he falls apart. How is that? Well, a bullet doesn't have to be very big to cause a lot of damage, right? If you get hit 
just the right way by the bullet. Boy, it can, it can put you flat on your back. It can kill you. Maybe in an unguarded moment, Elijah let his guard down. That letter was, oh, just like a dagger to his heart. It happens. And so he ran away. He ran away. And Elijah needed to hear from the Lord. Now, sometimes when God speaks, it's big and powerful. Keep your finger there, please. In 1 Kings chapter 19 and turn to the right to the book of Psalms and go to Psalm 29. Let's look at this, shall we? Psalm 29. Go there now. Look at it. Psalm 29. I, I, I'm there waiting for you. Psalm 29. Turn there. Psalm 29. Okay, now look at verse 3. It says, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Those are big trees. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. They were known to be huge. He maketh them to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The, the Lord shaketh the wilderness of the wilderness of Kadesh. That's in the south, southern country. By the way, Lebanon's in the northern country. And uh, verse 9, the voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve. How about that? The voice of the Lord thunders. And these poor animals give birth. Boom. And discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Well, sometimes the voice of the Lord is powerful. Powerful, powerful. Now, Elijah's ministry was powerful. He'd call down fire from heaven. He'd, he'd pray and there'd be no water come down. And there was a drought for some three and a half years or something. He had a powerful ministry and possibly this was the kind of voice he was looking for. Quite possibly. You see in, go back to first Kings chapter nine. In verse nine, Elijah, what doest thou here? Verse 10. He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord of hosts. And he finishes the verse says, they seek my life. Verse 11. He, that's God said, go forth, stand upon the Mount and behold, the Lord passed by. And look at this, a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Ooh, that's interesting. Remember Elijah's big, powerful ministry and miracles. And he's needing to hear from God. He goes and stands in this tremendous, strong wind. Tears apart the rocks and the mountain, but God's not in it. After the wind, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. Verse 12, after the earthquake, a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. So a strong wind, an earthquake, and fire. Powerful things that Elijah was familiar with. God wasn't there. Where's God? After the fire, 
a still small voice. You know, God's voice isn't always loud. It isn't always thundering, but sometimes he speaks in a quieter tone, a quieter manner. In Genesis 3, 8, it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is Adam and Eve. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 17, it says, the words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Why quiet? Why? Because the quiet times offer the teachable times. That's why. In quiet, we're able to think. We're able to ponder. We're able to understand. Elijah needed to know what only God could tell him. And God chose to do it in quietness. There's times in your life and in my life where we can be kind of wrung out and we're at the end of our rope and in quietness, God will speak to our hearts. Now this is so important. Psalm 46, 10. Do you know that verse? I think you do. I'll give you a hint. Be still and know, be still and know that I am God. How does the still small voice of God apply to our lives? So here we're trying to bring the rubber down to the road now. We're talking about the still small voice of God and hearing it. We've learned that it's connected with the study of God's word. You'll never hear the still small voice of God unless you dive into the word of God. You get into the word of God. Boy, I tell you, your Bible is the very best voice of the Lord you'll ever have here on earth. It's your traveling companion, my friend. You go a day without the Bible, you may as well go a day without sunshine, a day without air to breathe or food and water to consume. You go a day without your Bible. You don't realize the harm you're doing to yourself. Daily, you need the word of God. And your Bible is best heard in the quiet of your prayer closet, in the quiet time alone. This morning, we spoke about the altar of God and how we need to spend time at the altar of God every day. When God is speaking, we need to learn to be good listeners. Wouldn't you agree? Jesus went into the home of Lazarus, Martha and Mary, Mary sat at his feet, listening to everything he had to say. Martha, bless her heart, she was busy in the kitchen with the pots and pans, trying to get things together, rattled that her sister was out there sitting at Jesus' feet. Lord, tell her to get in here and help me. Oh, Martha, said Jesus, you're busy and troubled about many things. Say, have you ever acted like a Martha? Have you ever been real busy about your job and about 
getting on the sky train or changing the oil in your car, or about getting things done or the kids homework or, you know, all of these are good things, mind you, but they've eaten up all of your time. It's like you're up to your eyeballs with all these things that need to be done. And the bottom line is you go the whole day and you never sit at Jesus feet. Has that ever happened to you? Cause I'll be honest with you. It's happened to me. It can happen to any of us. And I'm guessing that there's not a Christian alive that it probably hasn't happened to. Maybe there is. I'll meet them one day. I'll meet them in heaven. I'm sure. But be still and know that I am God. Oh, that's so important. How can we hear and understand when God is talking to to us? Well, here's a comparison then. When people are talking to us, we'll learn something here that'll help us for when God is talking to us. So when on the human level, let's say that on the human level, to really hear what people are trying to tell us, we need to maybe ask a series of questions. Number one, this person who's talking to me, does their talk match their walk? Does their talk match their walk? You know what a person says and what a person does can be two different things. Sometimes parents make this mistake and they're teaching their children, do as I say, not as I do. Sometimes parents will have bad habits, saying bad words maybe, or sleeping in on Sundays or not, not attending church services or whatever, some bad habits. But then they want their kids, you know, to smarten up and shape up and you, you do the right thing. And then the kid says, but dad, you don't. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. You know, that never goes over very well. Never. So does their talk match their walk? Someone once said your talk talks and your walk talks but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And so when we're dealing on the human level, we want to find out, is this person sincere in what they're saying? Do they believe it themselves? Are they telling me one thing and yet they're not practicing what they preach? So this is a good first question to ask. Number two, can I verify the details of what they're telling me? Do they just, rattle off a bunch of statistics. They've got no proof for them. They're just saying these things or is there actual documentation and proof? That's a good question. For this, I thank my mother who would take the dictionary off the top of the refrigerator and by doing so would teach me to research things. I think we ought to study, don't you? I think we ought to look in and find out if there's any truth to this and check it out. Boy, I tell you, I've made the mistake of hearing something and passing it along as if it were true, only to find out, oops, it wasn't true at all. I got hoaxed. There's a lot of hoaxes out there. And there's a lot of combination of truth and error as well. There's a lot of it. And we really have to be careful. So can we verify the facts? Question number one, do they practice what they preach? Their walk and their talk, do they match? Question number two, can we verify 
what it is that they're, they're trying to tell us. Can we substantiate it? Can we verify it? And number three, are they talking in some roundabout way? Are they talking in mysteries, in parables, in some kind of roundabout way? Or are they talking more direct? And sometimes you have to listen very closely to what someone is saying. Otherwise, you won't understand what they're trying to tell you. Are you ready for another story? There's a story about a Pentecostal church that was going to have a revival. So they brought in this guest speaker. And oh, he is preaching up a storm. Well, Uncle Zeke, he heard about the meeting. And so he showed up at the meeting seeking some help. And so after the meeting, he went up to the guest preacher and he said, I need you to pray for my hearing. And the preacher, the guest preacher went right, put his fingers in uncle Zeke's ears and started praying in tongues. And after about three or four minutes of praying in tongues, he pulled his fingers out and he said to uncle Zeke, well, how's your hearing now? And uncle Zeke said, I don't know. I I don't go to court until Tuesday. Now that's a funny joke. You should be laughing more than what you are. Uncle Zeke was talking about a legal court hearing. He was being summoned to court. They call that a hearing. (laughs) He was seeking prayer for his hearing. (laughs) You got to listen carefully to people, you know, to really understand what are they saying? What are they really saying? Well, when we come to the spiritual level now, we got the, the human level. When we go to the spiritual level, because we want to hear the still small voice of God, we're reading our Bible, right? We're not setting the good book aside because we're never going to hear the still, small, soft voice of God to our heart apart from reading daily consuming the word of God. Hmm? Remember the, some of you didn't tune in, you know, right at the beginning of the service. So you missed the story about Bubba, the dog. (laughs) Sorry. That was a good one. True story about the little doggy who ate the Turkey all by itself. And you know, the dog flopped over and, and couldn't move after that. True story. And the dog looked like a Turkey. It was so big. It was so full. It, it, it looked like what it ate. And what you and I need to do is we need to consume the word of God so that we can hear what God has to say to us. The still soft, small voice of God. So as you read the Bible, take a pen and write this down. This is important. Write this down. Maybe in your Bible on a piece of paper, write this down. When you read the Bible, you're listening to God. You ask these three questions, three questions you can ask. Number one, is there an application here for my life? Is there an application for my life? You're reading about a man who commits sin and God has to judge him. Well, is there an application there for my life? Question number two, 
Is there a promise here from God that I can claim? Is there some promise from God for me? Jesus in John 17 said, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bring forth much fruit. Now there's a promise right there that you can claim. So number one, is there an application for my life? Number two, is there a promise I can claim? Number three, is there a sin I need to deal with? A sin I need to deal with. And perhaps you're reading something here. The Bible speaks about laziness, speaks about greed, speaks about lust, speaks about indifference, speaks about the work ethic. On and on. Is there, is there a sin here I need to deal with? So these three questions. You write them down and you try it. You try it. And you'll start hearing the still small voice of God to your heart. It works, beloved. God has a voice. As Christians, we need constant contact and assurance from God And one important way is through the still small voice of God to our hearts. And it comes as we listen to God's voice in the Bible, in the quiet times. Starting very soon on Wednesday nights, we will be giving a series of sermons on the subject of wisdom, what it is and how to get it. I want to invite you. Join us on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, because you will quickly find that wisdom will help you. It'll come to your rescue. It will help you in this area of hearing the still small voice of God to your heart. Now, Elijah was a a wise man. He loved the Lord. He truly did. He hated sin with a passion. He loved the Lord with a passion. You get that combination together and you, you have, you have greatness. Elijah was a great man. He was a wise man, but listen here in first Kings chapter 19, there was the still small voice. We don't have time to explore the rest of the chapter and the chapters that follow, but this was a key point, a turning point in Elijah's life. And if Elijah missed the still small voice of God, he would have missed God's will for his life. Now you study it out. You see if that's not true. Now as Christians, if you and I don't spend time alone with God, reading his word, we also will easily miss the still small voice of God to our hearts And we will miss out on God's will for our lives. Now, young people, the young people, listen, listen. What is the will of God for your life? What is it? What would God have you do with your precious life? Maybe you've got 40, 50 years ahead of you. Maybe, maybe the Lord will come in 10 years or five years or 15 years. What will you do? with the next 5, 10, 15, or 40 years. 
Well, you better do the will of God. How are you going to know the will of God? You listen for the still, small voice of God speaking softly to your heart as daily you pour over the word of God. Asking those three questions. Parents, listen, parents, are you praying daily for your children? There's a lot you need to do to be a good parent. I know there's a lot of responsibilities. I know that. Praying daily for your children is a responsibility that you never outgrow. Never. Your children are small. You pray for them daily. They grow up. They're teenagers. You pray for them daily. They're young adults in their 20s. You pray for them daily. They get married. They have children of their own. You continue to pray for them daily. All the days of your life, you're praying for your children. What is the will of God? For your children. How are you going to know? If you're not studying the word of God daily as a parent. Don't think you know what God wants your children to do. Don't assume that you know what God will have your children to do. If you're not. Spending the time yourself. Studying God's word. Asking those three questions. Listening in the quiet for the still small voice. You see, God's not going to shout the wind, the earthquake, the fire. Don't be looking for those. It's the still small voice. That's what you want. And that's how God's going to speak with you. Now let's look at one last verse of scripture and we're done. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah. So turn to the right, go past the Psalms, Proverbs, and so on. You'll get to Isaiah and go to chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. Everybody there? Isaiah chapter 30. I want you to see something. This one verse. I hope will grip your heart. Maybe it will apply to you. Well maybe half of it will apply to you. Maybe the other half will apply to you. I don't know. But we'll look at it together. Isaiah chapter 30. And verse number 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. By the way, write down Luke 434, because there's a, a reference there between Jesus Christ and the Holy One here of Israel. You see, the Lord God, that's Jehovah, and the Holy One of Israel, that's Jesus. They're the same, one and the same. Now, this is this isn't what I, I wanted to show you. I just wanted to throw that out there because boy, that's good. That's good right there. Now watch, let's continue. In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness, there's that quietness again. See that? Quiet time with the Lord. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Now look at the last words. 
and ye would not. The decision is yours tomorrow morning. If ye will, or if ye will not spend that quiet time. Maybe you're confused and don't know where to start in the Bible. Psalm chapter one. Psalm chapter one, verse one. Read through Psalm one, asking those three questions and listening for what God would tell you. And if you're smart, you'll take a pen or pencil and a paper and write down what you think God is telling you. And if you want to get the extra blessing, share it with your family or share it with another Christian, share it with someone. Hey, I think this is what the Lord is telling me here in Psalm one. I wanted to share that with you spoke to my heart. The still small voice of God. This morning, we talked about the altar of God. This evening, we're talking about the still small voice of God. They're there for us. If we'll take them, will you take it? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? And let's have a moment of prayer. Oh, heavenly father. Once again, we call upon your name. We've studied your word. We've made some applications. We hope and trust the spirit of God in a still small voice has spoken to hearts tonight. We thank you that there is a, a voice. Help us Lord. Now there may, there may be some Christians watching tonight and they, they used to hear your voice, Lord, maybe, but they haven't heard that voice in a long time. Please, I pray. Lord Jesus, give them back their hearing. Maybe they've left off loving you. Please show them. Encourage them to love you once again. Father, bless your people. Bless the people of Grace Baptist Church to be a wonderful church family, a lovely bride for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this year of 2021 is probably going to be a bit of a roller coaster. There's probably going to be a few things coming down the pipe. It's going to be very unsettling, I think. I hope not, but probably it will happen. Help all of us believers to have the peace that passeth understanding because we're listening to your still small voice every day. We're in communique with you, heavenly father, and let a troubled world see the peace of God in our eyes. And may they hear it in our voices for your honor and for your glory. Bless your people in Jesus name. Amen.